Friends with Cinefits. I am your host, Alex McAllister. Thanks for listening. Today, we are joined once again by fan favorite Austin Ramsey. Austin, say hello. Bro, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I'm a fan favorite? Yeah. <laughs> and a host favorite. I'll tell you a that host much. Fa- okay, alright, well I appreciate that. I told you, you for a very long time that my favorite episode <laughs> was ours. So, if anyone out there is listening, they're like, Hey, that cute little laugh sounds familiar. <laughs> Who is this guy? Um, he was on the Avatar, The Last Airbender episode, while, episode yeah, two. That was me. We were still working out the kinks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thanks for being on again. How hey, are you? Thank you for asking me. I, I'm so good. Wow. I'm 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 ready to talk about this freaking movie. Great. And <laughs> what movie is that? Uh, it's. Bonnie and Clyde. Yes. We chose this one because you didn't want to do any of my other suggestions. That's true. You have <laughs> had some questionable choices. I We, we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we both have this love of another podcast, the last podcast on the yes. left. Yes. And I think just one day we were talking and you said one of your favorite series that they mm-hmm. did was Bonnie and Clyde. And yeah. so I was like, hey, have you seen the old movie? You said no, and I said, well, it's been on my watch list. Let's yep. do it. And here we are. Um, what a trip down memory lane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for those of the listeners that don't know Last Podcast on the Left, um, it's like a true crime horror comedy podcast. Um, they talk about like conspiracy theories aliens murderers serial killers the yep. best yeah serial killers are always the best ones exactly um but it's really funny and you learn a lot and mm-hmm. so you know go give them a listen a lot of my information i'm gonna have at least at the beginning um with like the real story of bonnie and clyde is gonna be mm-hmm. from their podcast series about it because yeah it's just entertaining and that's how i like to learn things is you know they throw in some jokes and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it's pretty good and then also i'm gonna acknowledge my other source they do that on last podcast on the left when they start a series um the researcher bro yeah um my other (laughs) source i've talked about this book a couple times on this podcast um but it's by peter biskind it's easy riders raging bulls how the sex drugs and rock and roll generation saved hollywood and (laughs) The first chapter is about Bonnie and Clyde. So that'll tell you this movie is pretty important to the film industry. So I hope we can do it justice. I've never heard. Like, I honestly didn't even know there was a Bonnie and Clyde film (laughs) besides that. The Highwaymen, the new one, until you told me about it. So, well, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see how it's that important, but I'm ready to learn. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into it. So. For this, um, I'm sure not a lot of my listeners have watched this movie, so I figured the mm-hmm. best way we could do this is we'll talk a little bit about the real-life Bonnie and Clyde first, um, mm-hmm. and then after that I'll go into the movie background and um, some of the stuff, the behind-the-scenes, how this movie got created, the people involved in it, and then after that we'll go into... I guess the actual movie, the actual movie's pretty much, the plot is just, you know, the story of Bonnie and Clyde. Um, they take few a few liberties. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and we'll definitely talk about those. So. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, if anyone's listening, um, at least tune in for the first two thirds, <laughs> and hopefully you'll learn something. Then go watch the movie if it sounds interesting to you. Yeah. So, with that being said, Austin, I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm ready Let's to go. go. Also, I would. I'm, I'm wearing a t-shirt, but yeah. There you I, go. <laughs> pre-rolled up. Also, it's very late at night. I had to. I just worked a very yes. long shift. <laughs> I'm not used to this, so I might be a little loopy, but we'll get through it. <laughs> It'll just make for a better podcast. Exactly. So first, before we get into Bonnie and Clyde, I did want to ask you a movie question, and that's how oh, are sure. you with older movies? So this was you know what? this came out in 1967. So I'm yeah. curious how it went for you. You know, I I was gonna bring this up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think about this until I started watching it. I hate old movies. Oh god. If it was made like before the eighties, like I hate it. Wow. And like this one, like, I don't wanna say I hate it, but mm-hmm. it I, I found myself on my phone a lot of times. Okay. Like it it was interesting, but I already knew a whole bunch of stuff about the yeah. topic. So it didn't just didn't hold my attention. Okay. But, but I can see it, it. It was Bonnie and Clyde. It was Bonnie and Clyde. I had to I had to learn about it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um I for one love old movies. There's just something <laughs> I don't like there's just something different about like the whole feel to it that just makes yeah. me feel like I'm in a in a time capsule or something. Yeah. Um not in this movie, but in a lot of older movies, I just think mm-hmm. The women are absolutely beautiful in a way we don't have <laughs> okay. today other than yeah, my, I see that. my beautiful mother and my lovely sister. Of course, sister. of course. Shout out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and obviously the rest of the Friends with Cinefits listeners. But Of course. Anyways, okay, I just wanted to, to ask that and then, you know, get that little... <laughs> yeah, uh, it's out in the open. Kiss Austin Ramsey hates old movies. Of course. <laughs> okay, so now we'll move on to the real life Bonnie and Clyde. So yes. obviously, you're a big fan. So speak up whenever you want. Um, okay. The way this movie starts, mm-hmm. it starts with um, Clyde Barrow. He's like about to carjack Bonnie Parker's mom's car. Yeah. Right um, outside her house. Yeah. When they're home. Exactly. Uh, in the in, in broad daylight. Exactly. <laughs> um. And, you know, she catches them and is like, hey, bro, what's going on? Um, mm-hmm. That's not at all how they actually met. Um, no. <laughs> I've seen that how they actually met is kind of disputed. Yeah. But it was in January of 1930. Um, yeah. I believe the last podcast, from what I remember, said they, like, met at a party yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and they just fell for each other, like, right there. Exactly. And also... Bonnie Parker, like in the movie, they kind of make her out to be, you know, like a a small town girl who just mm-hmm. kind of gets involved with the wrong crowd or something. But yeah. Bonnie actually was married to yeah. another a convicted murderer, yeah, who was in prison. Um, she had a tattoo of his name on her leg or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, so you know. She she wasn't all roses or something. Mm-hmm. She was the backbone, really. Exactly. Like, <laughs> of the entire gang. Yeah. And she then, wasn't just along for the ride. Um, I think I mentioned this, but they met in January of 1930. Mm-hmm. And um, if anyone knows anything about history, 
That'd be you, wouldn't it? That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm nervous. Okay, I you're a history what major. In 31. Um, yeah. Do you know anything that happened around the 1930 uh, in the United I mean, States? Like, are you talking about the Great Depression? Yeah. Is, is that, okay, yeah. That, that's just on the table. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it's touched on in the movie, but you yeah. know, just for our listeners to know, like Bonnie and Clyde were around during the Great Depression. Um, mm-hmm. I think. About twenty five percent of the United States were unemployed, so about that, yeah, yeah, that's you know a lot of turmoil going on, kind of mm-hmm. not to the extent of not a good time for back then, but you to get robbed, yeah, exactly, <laughs> by a couple of gangsters. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there, and then, mm-hmm. um, so Bunny and Clyde had met, and then Clyde. Um, he was 21 and he got sent to jail for burglary and yes. Bonnie helped him escape. Do you remember any of that story? Yeah. Uh, she, oh gosh. If okay. Not, so Clyde, fine. no, I, I remember it. Okay. Clyde, uh, had one of his cellmates, uh, the cellmate knew where a gun was at his mom's house or something. Mm-hmm. So Bonnie came to the jail to, for visiting and Clyde's like, hey, go grab this gun and, you know, sneak it in and we'll, we'll, we'll bounce. Mm-hmm. And so she did it. She snuck it in, gave it to him. And then Clyde and I think two other guys yes. escaped that night or something like that. Yeah. But they, they, they got caught like two weeks later or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. They got caught again. And that's when they went to like the big bad prison. I can't remember mm-hmm. the exact name. We'll Eastham, just, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, yeah. In there, um, they said Clyde was raped almost mm-hmm. every night, um, yeah. and th- things didn't go well. You know, prisoners beat you, or yeah. guards beat you, and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And to get out of the work that he had to do, they mentioned mm-hmm. this in the movie, um, yeah. he chopped a couple of his toes off. Yeah, they would, yeah, a lot of prisoners just to get out of the work detail would just, like, do minor injuries to themselves. Well, like, not minor. Yeah. But minor enough where you could still live. Exactly. <laughs> to get out of the work detail, so he chopped off two of his toes. Yeah, and that's what last podcast said, was it was kind of, um, like, a rite of passage. Like, if you mm-hmm. did that, okay, we won't make you do the hard work anymore. You'll just go back to, you know, the normal prison and yeah. live out the rest of your sentence or whatever. Yeah. But the governor of Texas, I believe, was taking <laughs> um, pardons from mothers that missed their kids um, because the Just prisons they were, were so overpopulated. Yeah, the prisons were so overpopulated. And so if a mother wrote in and was like, hey, can you pardon my son? He's a nice boy. Just made a mistake. And they'd pardon mm-hmm. him. And so Clyde got pardoned for that. So if he could have just stuck, I think it was a week later. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> it was a week, a week later. <laughs> um, he could have just toughened out for a week. He would have had his feet or his toes <laughs> or his toes, um, yeah, and it would have all been good. Mm-hmm. And that's also kind of the issue with once Bonnie and Clyde got so big was that you know the governor had just paroled this guy, let him out on parole, yeah. and Went real bad. You know he was murdering people and. Um, Robin mm-hmm. Banks, and so it looks even worse on the governor. Um, and they mentioned the normal, um, like, bounty on someone 
at that time on a bank oh, or on a murderer was yeah. like twenty five dollars or something. Yeah. And for Clyde Barrow, it was two hundred and fifty dollars. Is ten times yeah. what they would just because it looks so bad for <laughs> the guy. High profile. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. I guess that's about where to stop their life before because um, you know he gets that, paroled that, and then him and Bonnie yeah, that's are the free. stuff they didn't mention in the movie. Yeah, they just had a meet at that point, basically. Exactly, that's um, when they met in the movie. And I guess this is where their like cruel life begins because <laughs> you know it kind of sounds cool, like oh they're bank robbers and once. In the movie, when Clyde's trying to convince Bonnie, like, hey, come with me, run away with me, mm-hmm. I'll rob banks, we'll get rich, and, you yep. know, we'll go to the fanciest restaurant, she'll be wearing a nice dress. That's not at all how it was. Nope. Um, <laughs> and I mean, maybe a little bit at the beginning, but... Yeah. Because I remember that they were wearing, like, nice suits and everything in, like, poor parts of town, but yeah. that quickly evaporated. <laughs> and that's what so many people... Um, they don't really touch on this in the movie. Like, yeah, Clyde's always wearing, like, a nice suit or something. No one else is. Mm-hmm. But everyone said that's what made him stick out is yeah, you're in this small town in the Midwest and a dude in a suit and a car too yeah. nice for him comes up and he has, like, I don't know, just a ton of cash or something. But yeah. he doesn't look that wealthy other than, like, his clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just, he just like, looks out of place. yeah, you're like, okay, this dude obviously is not actually rich and just stole, <laughs> he stole <all> that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll get into that. Um, mm-hmm. are you good now if I go into the background on the movie? Sure. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm going to do my normal thing. I didn't read the synopsis for this one cause it's Bonnie mm-hmm. and Clyde. Most people yeah. know Bonnie and Clyde, if not two bank robbers, 1930, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this movie came out in 1967, mm-hmm. which is important, but I'll get to that. Um, okay. The Rotten Tomatoes is 88% on both critic and audience score. Okay. So, you know, it's up there. It's, it's, it's a B, a B plus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the budget I found online was two and a half million. Um, the book I referenced earlier, um, they said it was 1.6. Uh, hmm. It's kind of a big difference when you get down to it, but when you think yeah. about it, the box office was 70 million, so it's not that okay. big of a difference. Yeah, yeah, really not. Yeah, not a lot. Yeah, and um, I don't think there's any other place to start with this than Warren Beatty, who plays Clyde Barrow. Um, he also produced this movie. It was kind of his baby. Um, okay. He was in a bit of a dry spell. Um, He wanted... His issue was that he was in movies and every time he did them, he thought he was too good for that movie. Um, He was like, you know, I should be Marlon Brando level, top-notch guy. And (laughs) James Dean was someone he looked up to. And he was like, they just look at me like I'm a... I'm a playboy, and, you know, I'm just doing this to get women. Yeah. Which, Warren Beatty was a womanizer, let me tell you. <laughs> he looked like one in the movie. Let me... I'm going to pull I'm gonna pull out this quote from okay. this book. 
When Beatty wasn't acting, producing, or arguing with Pin, the director, who I'll get into, okay. he was in his Winnebago. Girls clambered in and out at all <laughs> hours of the day and night. The cast and crew watched it rock back and forth like a ship upon the sea. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah, and so whenever I was also researching him, um, I think his Wikipedia was like, oh, he's been connected to over 100 different actresses and it had all of them listed and it just like wow. scrolled on so a bit of a ladies man we both can Dad. relate right austin oh totally yeah. history major he gets all the ladies exactly <laughs> um so his movie before this um i didn't write it down because i'm silly but um <laughs> He wanted more control in because mm-hmm. he was a producer and then an actor. And yeah. they brought in um, – I'm doing all this off the top of my head because it's an entire <laughs> chapter in the book. I told Austin yeah, this, but this is for the listeners. Um, they brought in a stand-up comedian from New York for his movie before this. And he was supposed to be the main character. And the comedian was supposed to be a side character. It's a very famous comedian. I'm – I feel terrible that I don't have it written down. Um, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> close. That's my guess. Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Oh, yeah. okay. So yeah. um, they found Woody Allen in New York, and he's doing stand-up comedy, and they're like, okay, we need this guy to help us write this movie. And it, mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, what's up, Pussycat or something? Um, and that's what Beatty would say to women when he answered the phone. <laughs> And so they were like, I don't know, just huh? wrote a movie about it or something. And okay, this is the movie before Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, this is okay, what he's working. Right. I was like, Bonnie and Clyde wasn't that funny. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, essentially, they had Woody Allen come and help write it, and yeah. he wrote himself a character in the movie. And as he was doing rewrites to the original script his character started becoming more and more important and Warren mm-hmm. Beatty's was becoming less and less important and yeah. there's nothing Beatty could do about it. And so he was really wanting a project that he could control completely. Yeah. Uh, and Francois Truffaut, the legendary French director. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I love French with below i love that dude yeah um the 400 (laughs) blows is a good movie by him if you're interested um but this is me just being what's what's the word (laughs) pretentious i'm being pretentious Pretentious? because i've watched like one foreign film Um, yeah (laughs) you're an expert now exactly so francois truffaut had been sent the script by um, these two writers, Benton and Newman, and was mm-hmm. like, hey, I don't think I can do this, but you know, check this out and see if this is what you like. Um, mm-hmm. Or he said, reach out to the writers and see what you think. So he reached out to the writers, and he was like, hey, I'm coming over to get this script. Um, you know, I just want to read it because I'm interested. And they were like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. They figured, you know... In a couple weeks, he'll send someone by, like his assistant by, to pick it up, and then he'll read it, and we'll never hear back from him, because they weren't having yeah. any luck selling it. Um, the script was Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, of course, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I figured that's where the story yeah, was going. <laughs> and BD called them almost immediately and was like, hey, I love this, I want to do it. 
Yeah. And they were like, what page are you on? He's like, I'm on page 17. They were like, finish it, then talk to us. And yeah. he said, okay. And he called them at the end. He said, I know what you mean, but I'm still interested. And what he was talking about was kind of the three-way relationship that I think was more like real life between Bonnie Clyde and then C.W. Moss. C.W., yeah. Yeah. Um, because in the movie, they they make Bonnie, or they make Clyde out to be, like, impotent. Um, yeah. Can't get it up to have sex, not interested in women. Yeah. In reality, it was the opposite. And nah, he was a hound dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Him and Bonnie were going at it. And it doesn't sound like it really mattered to him men or women yeah um and that was written in the script and that's because Bitten and Newman they wanted a European feel to their movie they weren't screenwriters huh. they were actually like editors for Vogue and yeah. they decided to write a movie because they were big movie fans and were watching Francois Truffaut's movies on repeat and they said once once you've seen so many movies so many times, each one, you start mm-hmm. to realize, oh, this is what they're doing with the characters and stuff like that. And so they're like, you know what? Let's try to write something. And so they wrote something about Bonnie and Clyde and imagined it being a European adaptation. And so that's okay. why this movie was so different because it still has some of that, I guess it has like European qualities yeah, or something like that. Um, it's like the first U.S. film to have those or something. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say the first, but okay, <laughs> um, it, it capitalized on a lot of things. And okay, BD said, you know, he accepted the script. He paid them seventy five hundred dollars for it and was like, okay, you know, we're gonna make this. He had a lot of trouble from Warner Brothers, Jack Warner, yeah. I think. Um, he literally. He says this didn't happen, but multiple people in the room said it did. He got on his hands and knees and kissed Jack Warner's feet and said he wasn't <laughs> leaving until Jack Warner gave him approval. And Jack Warner was like, or Warren Beatty said, it'll be 1.6. That's it. And Jack Warner was like, you know what? 1.6. That's not a lot. Anyways, I plan on retiring soon before yeah. this movie would even come out. So... If anything bad happens, it'll look bad on the next people. And so he's like, (laughs) yeah, sure. And he hated Beatty because Beatty was trying to be so artsy and be an auteur where he, like, produced, act, all that stuff. And Beatty was interested in directing, but he didn't feel he was ready, um, didn't have Mm -hmm. enough experience. So he was like, you know what, I'll just produce it. And he also didn't want to star in it. Um, Hmm. And that's because Clyde Barrow is five foot five. That's that's one of my notes. Yeah, <laughs> is that he he looks too tall, man. Exactly. But <laughs> Clyde Barrow's like my height. Yeah, and I'm short. Um, and Beatty's like six one or something, and so yeah. he was imagining you know, someone else to play it. Like you know, we need yeah. someone scrawny, and they're like, no, we can capitalize on the cool persona of Clyde Barrow. Yeah. Um, and so then it came down to hey, let's find a director. And they found mm-hmm. Arthur Penn. And Arthur Penn's story is pretty similar to Clyde Barrow's, which hmm. he had a little bit of success early on, um, and then it just didn't work out. People weren't interested, and 
um, he felt he was way better than he had showed in his work yeah. so far, and he was just looking for an opportunity to do it. And so he mm-hmm. hadn't worked for about a year and was starting to look into alternatives um, when Beatty approached him with it. And I think they met once and were like, you know, we're interested, but there's there's a lot of stuff with this, like the three-way relationship that yeah they didn't think America was ready for. Um, and the studios wouldn't make a pure European-American film because they're like, no yeah. one's going to watch that. Um, and so Beatty again locks himself in a room with <laughs> Arthur Penn and refuses to leave until Art Penn says, yeah, I'll do it. What a guy. Exactly. Can't get away with that type of stuff nowadays. Yeah. Um, Just locking yourself in a room with someone. And so they got Art Penn, and then they went to the studio, and they're like, okay, we're ready. And they're like, okay, you guys have to make some changes to this. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they were also hesitant on, you know, how much to pay someone. So Warren Beatty, instead of taking a lump sum, he says you know what, just give me 40% of the gross. And they said, you know, movies like this, if they make money, it might make, so this was 1.6, they're like, it might make 3 million, you know? Yeah. And so after that, you got to take out marketing and all that stuff. He's not getting mm-hmm. a lot, probably what he owed, what's he, what he's owed. And so they yeah. said, sure. Like I said, this movie made $70 million. <laughs> So he made bank. <laughs> yeah. Um, it ended up being almost d- disastrous for the studio. Yeah. Because that's a lot of money to give to one guy. And then yeah. after this movie, BD was just, everyone went to him for everything. Mm-hmm. They were like, he got first choice at everything he did. Um, yeah. And so they did some rewrites. One person I want to bring up, you probably don't know him. I don't know if anyone d- does, but he's a big part in the book. Is Robert Town? Um, he's a script doctor. Mm. People bring him in, um, yeah. you know, to correct some scripts. And they said he was a master at like mood and dialogue. And one thing he said is he hates how in movies, no matter what time of the day it is, your character can find a parking spot right next to the door. Yeah. They never get their change back, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so in this movie, there's times when like Bonnie's counting out specific change, like yeah. what she's doing. And then during a robbery, C.W. Moss goes and parks, <laughs> and then he can't get out of the parking spot because someone so parked stupid. him in. stupid. He parallel parked <laughs> on a bank robbery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so he was like, you know, not everything in life is perfect, so in movies it shouldn't mm-hmm. be either. And then another thing he did, which is is getting into the movie more. Um, he moved around two scenes. One is where... Um, oh, God, what's his name? Gene... Uh, Gene Wilder. Yeah, Gene Wilder. Um, yeah. His scene was originally after the scene where they go and hang out with Bonnie's family. And they said, <laughs> um, you know, before that, up to that point, the scene with Bonnie's family is very... It was very happy. And mm-hmm. it just ended on like a kind of weird note, but they moved yeah. it to after the scene with Gene Wilder because the Gene Wilder scene ends on a sad note, like on a dark note, because he says yeah. he's um, the Undertaker, yeah. and it adds like a deeper, 
a darker one thing. I yeah, yeah. go on. One thing I want to bring up about that is that the original way they had it, I believe, would have like fit chronologically. Yeah. So if I'm thinking right, that family gathering happened like was that Easter Sunday? I think so. And then and then they were leaving it, and then that's when like I I think that was a real dude. I can't remember what his mm-hmm. Gene Wilder's character's name was, but he was yeah he was an actual Undertaker. That yeah they they just they just took him for a joyride. I guess I can't remember the exact specifics of it. But Bonnie didn't get mad though, from what I remember, mm-hmm. that he was an Undertaker because she in the movie she kicked him out of the car. Yeah, you know. Um, but in reality, she was like, "Do you want to be the?" mortician or the undertaker for bonnie and clyde or whatever yeah and she was just joking about exactly um so in the movie they moved it to before because it ends with you know i'm the undertaker and then that's when you start like i guess that's supposed to be the moment when you're like there's life and death to all of this and then they go see her family and like everything's happy but it's like this can't last yeah because eventually that undertaker is going to be taking you under yeah um also, shout out to Undertaker, WWE. I've been watching a lot of WWE <laughs> I, matches, and it's so you much know, fun. You know what's funny? I, to- I, I I was blanking on the word Undertaker, so I looked it up earlier, and I just saw that dude. I'm like, no, okay, what is an Undertaker? <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Um, yeah, so essentially they brought in Robert Town, um, and, you know, I guess the rest is history. They made the movie. Yeah. Um, now, success. yeah. Now I think we can talk about the movie, and then okay, I'll talk about why it was so important at the time, and okay. um, why it made such a lasting impression on people. Um, yeah, I guess the best place to start would be the beginning, whenever they meet. Um, okay. <clears throat> I don't remember anything that really happens before they meet C.W. Moss. I I want to bring up that I don't know. I I guess I've never seen. A, I haven't seen a lot of '60s movies. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised because they started out the movie, and Bonnie was like, she was topless. Yeah. I mean, it never showed nudity, but like it got close, and I was like, is this normal of '60s movies? No. So like, <laughs> that's another thing when they were screening the movie. Um, they they would show it to, um, I guess people of different religions to make sure that oh, they yeah. weren't offending anyone. Um, yeah. The movie Hail Caesar we did episode three or four I think. Yeah, something um, like that. We talk about that because there's a scene where he they meet with every different religion. There's like a debate or something. Um, oh okay. So yeah, in real life they they met with like a, a priest, and he was like. Mm-hmm. I saw her boob. And then they were like, no. It was a side boob. Yeah, they were like, no, like, <laughs> you didn't. Um, yeah. And then he's like, right there, I can see her nipple. They're like, that's a button. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then when she was running down the steps, they said he, like, freaked out because he thought he saw her vagina. Oh, my god. And they gosh. were like, no, like, she has this dress on. Like, He's like, no, it's right there. You can see through it. And they're like, no, that's just, like, yeah. the cloth. Um, so, yeah, that... I don't believe that was normal for the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I was just surprised about that. Yeah. I, I knew about the controversial nature of this film. Okay. Um, yeah. 
before going into it, and then mm-hmm. it opens with that scene, and I was like, yeah, I can see how people wouldn't appreciate that. Um, yeah, in the '60s, exactly. Uh, yeah, and so yeah, Bonnie goes out to to Clyde to stop him from carjacking. Because um, he's just doing it in, at noon. Yeah, and then... <laughs> Ten feet away from her open window. Yeah, and she's like, I know you don't have enough money for that suit, or I don't know, she says something, and then he's like, well, um, I have enough money for a Coke if you want to go get a Coke. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they hang out. And also, like, this is kind of where you can see that Bonnie has those tendencies to like she knows this guy isn't good he was just trying to freaking steal your cow she's got a rebellious streak exactly (laughs) and he's like hey you want to go get a coke she likes them bad boys which austin bad boys we can relate to because we're bad boys hey i i own a leather jacket so i know where you're coming from i'm picking up what you're laying down all right i have ripped jeans oh we should combine Uh, yeah we should (laughs) Um, hit the town yeah, we're pretty much Clyde Barrow <laughs> when you think about it. Uh, so, yeah, you can tell she's not making the smartest decisions. Yeah. And then they just, you know, they go on their run. He he goes and, like, robs a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because she told him to. Exactly. That's another <laughs> part of um, this movie. I don't, I don't know enough about them in real life, so I'm kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know, but in the movie at times they take pride in, um, like they're robbing a bank and Mm -hmm. Clyde asks, is that your money or the banks? And the farmer, he says, oh, that's my money. And Clyde's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you can keep it. And the farmer's like, you know, he did right by me, but also like, yeah, they're, they're robbing, like he robs that grocery store. That's like a small business owner. That's just the thing is that, um, they weren't known for robbing banks. They mm-hmm. usually didn't rob banks. They usually just robbed like mom and pop grocery stores. Yeah, you know. But for some reason, they were shown. They were shown in this light that they were just sticking it to the you know big man. Exactly. When in reality, they they were just stealing, like struggling people's money. <laughs> yeah. Um. And that's also probably why it wasn't working too well for them. Um, yeah. They were only they weren't getting that much money at a time. Exactly. And they kinda they touch on it like once during the movie when they're all splitting their money after a job. Mm-hmm. Um and fucking oh, what's that guy's wife's name? Blanche. Fucking Blanche wants her wants her <laughs> share. I well, I will admit I hated Blanche in this movie. Yes. But in reality, I think I would have liked Blanche. Yeah. She was like she was the moral... Well, we'll get into her, but she was, like, the moral part of the group. She didn't even really want to be a part of the group. She just got dragged along. Yes, and also, um, the last podcast, guys, make sure to say that she was hotter than Bonnie. Oh, that's... I was planning on bringing that up. I actually looked up pictures, and, yeah. yeah. Blanche was way hotter than Bonnie, and they didn't do it justice in the movie, too. Because in the movie, I don't know who the actresses are, yeah. but the... The actress who played Bonnie in the movie was way hotter than Blanche. Yeah, um, so Faye they, they didn't do that justice. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know who played Blanche, um, but I read on like IMDb trivia. I don't know if it's true that the real Blanche sued Warner Brothers because yeah, I heard about that. She thought that they portrayed her in like a negative light because she said 
she was hotter than Bonnie. Yeah. And that entire first like fight that she was in, oh she just screamed God. and ran down the street holding a spatula or something. It was so yeah. annoying. Which I and, understand yeah, she like yeah. from from like a plot perspective, it's like you know, she she doesn't want to be there. She's just being mm-hmm. dragged along. But she but they did made the her work. So like she, annoying. Yeah, she knew what to do. Yeah, but the movie just really downplayed how uh, important she was to the team. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. They just make her very annoying, and mm-hmm. like in the movie, other than Clyde's brother being married to her, um, I don't think we said that, but that's how she gets in the group. Oh yeah, that, um, yeah. Clyde's yeah. Clyde's brother is married. Other to her. than that relationship. She serves no purpose in the movie. Yeah, in the movie, no, she was off. Other than to be <laughs> annoying. And so yeah. I was like, get her out of here. She's just screaming, <laughs> is hurting my ears, man. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the other member of their posse that we've mentioned already, but C.W. Moss, mm-hmm. um, I, I liked his introduction scene. What did you think of it? Do you remember it? I, I when he was the gas station yeah. clerk. Or, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I didn't like him. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it was about him, mm-hmm. but I, we'll get more into this. C.W. Moss, he actually wasn't a real dude yeah. in the gang, by the way. He was a character, I'll talk more about it once we get later, but he was a combined mesh I read online. Okay. He was a combined mesh of two real gang members. Yeah. But, uh, he was there to just, uh, fill a spot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know what it was about him. I, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't like his face. I don't know. I, I just didn't like him. <laughs> so they originally wanted Jack Nicholson to play him. What would you think really, about that? I would have liked Jack Nicholson. Yeah, <laughs> same. Um, I actually feel like... Okay, I read this in the book, so I'm stealing it. But oh, okay, go ahead. His, his role is actually much more important than we think. Um, C.W. Moss's? Yes. And... I'll get to it later, but remind well, me. Okay, yeah. Um, okay. So, plot-wise, I'm not really sure where to go next. Do you have Do you have anything you want to touch on plot-wise? What was the last thing we were talking? Like, did we? We kind of just introduced CW, the basically. characters. Yeah. Introduced the characters and CW. <clears throat> okay. They okay. So they got together, figured out Clyde Barrow was impotent, which really was not yeah. in real life. Uh, and then they met uh, CW. Uh, what what, oh, what I, did come next? <laughs> I actually do want to talk about when they met um, up with his brother. Um, they, oh, okay. they took that photo shoot out by the car, mm-hmm. which I think is just like a callback to like the iconic the photos actual, of Bonnie and yeah. Clyde. Um, the setting was way wrong. Yeah, I, I'll tell you that because I've seen the pictures. Yeah. they took them out in like a field, and they were they were like next to a house. Exactly, like this, um, the setting's all wrong. But you but. could see like they tried to do the outfits. They were a little bit different. Um, yeah, but anyways, once when they were taking pictures, I can't remember Clyde's brother. Is it just Buck or? It's Buck. Yeah, that was that's his nickname. I can't remember his real name yeah but his yeah his nickname was um buck. buck's like hey clyde can i talk to you inside or something and then they just have the most awkward conversation <laughs> in the yeah. entire world yeah it like they walk in and they're talking about prison like oh yeah we 
I heard you did this. Yeah, I did. Oh, I heard you did this. Yeah. Which in uh, reality, they both were in uh, Westham. West is that what it's yeah. called? It's Eastham. Eastham. I think Gosh. like the actual. I think Texas. the actual prison name mm-hmm. is different. But like Eastham was just like a separate part where they sent all the yeah. very bad so, guys, and they Clyde shouldn't have been sent there. But yeah, that, yeah. The <laughs> actual prison part, they both were there at the same time. Yeah. Um. And. So, I don't know, in the movie they were talking about, you know, like, oh, I heard, um, I heard you cut off your toes. I heard your wife mm-hmm. talked you into turning yourself in after you escaped and going back, uh, that yep. type of stuff. And then it, like, hits this lull, and Buck literally just starts making, like, weird sound effects with his mouth. He's like, whoop. Yeah, no, he was, like, whooping. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> whoop. I was like, what's going on but- right now? Like, Buck was a weird character yeah. in this movie. <laughs> um, and then, like, he he whoops once, and then they both just, like, kind of chuckle or something. And then mm-hmm. it's just quiet. And then, like, he does it again. I don't know. It was real weird. And then yeah. another weird part of that is he asks Clyde, like, is Bonnie as good in bed as she looks like she is? And Clyde was like, even better. Even though they just had, like an awkward conversation about him not yeah. wanting to have sex yeah with like her. the night before yeah yeah <laughs> um he tried and he couldn't do it which that's just a a weird mm-hmm. thing to put into the movie other than them europeans you know what i'm talking <clears throat> yeah, about yeah exactly that like european <laughs> change thing, our like, movies <laughs> um i i can't remember it might be um raging bull or maybe it's taxi driver i don't know it's de niro um Oh, but in like a movie, he like has an erection, and it's like not important <laughs> to the plot of the movie. He's just like doing something and has an erection, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's that more like artsy type of movie. Yeah, I well, I think like in general, like I feel like a whole bunch of older movies. This is kind of why I hate movies. They just in, or older movies. They just include things that aren't important to the plot. Yeah, and they dedicate a scene to it, and that okay. that. Because I feel like older movies are just kind of all over the place. Like, they're like, all right, we go to get the time up. Let's throw in a scene where, you know, yeah. we talk about girls in bed and their time in prison. <laughs> like, yeah, you know. the the entire conversation between Buck and Clyde definitely doesn't seem necessary. Yeah. Um, but who knows? I, I don't <laughs> know personally what they were going for. I guess that's what we're here to talk about, but... Yeah, maybe to strengthen their family bond or something. Yeah. That's, like, or my best guess, maybe, but they didn't do a very good job of it. Maybe it just is trying to touch on, like, that they aren't as close as they think they are. Maybe. Like, you I, know, maybe. <laughs> um, just because your family doesn't mean you always have stuff to say, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess true. Who knows? I see you. Yeah. Um, and... That is another point that they kind of touched on in the book is that this cast was kind of made of nobodies. Like, they're not the yeah. most beautiful cast, um, <laughs> yeah. not the most well-known cast. It was Gene Wilder's first, uh, yeah, first movie, first role. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they kind of touched on that. Like, these are your everyday people, and that's what Bonnie and Clyde were. Um, yeah. I, Bonnie and Clyde seem very trashy to me. Like, more trashy. <laughs> I would say more trashy than these people, but these people are super trashy. Um, yeah. Also, I wanted to touch on it because it's funny, and I just re- remembered. Clyde 
originally raised money by stealing chickens. Yeah, that's... I feel like that's how he first went to prison, yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah, him and Buck stole a... No, it wasn't chickens, it was turkeys. They stole a truck full of turkeys yeah. and they got caught. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is... Because they were like turkey fighters. It's smart, because if you can't sell them, you can eat them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Feed your, feed your family. <laughs> they were w- living in poor West Dallas. Exactly. What better than um, to steal food? And uh, another point of the, um, you know, the poverty that they were living in. At one point, they tried to rob a bank, and the banker's like, <laughs> "Yeah, we don't have any money." <laughs> like <laughs> that was their yeah their first like attempt at a bank robbery. Yeah, and I I think it I think that's funny because I think that actually happened. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just a plot point. Yeah, I think that actually happened. Which is uh, on their first bank robbery. And there's so many times, like, he shoots the window out at that bank for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, just to be a dick. Yeah. There's a lot of times where they're shooting things in this movie that I don't understand <laughs> why. Like, they're, the very first, like, day after Bonnie and Clyde meet, they're, like, hanging out in this abandoned yeah. house. And, like, they start shooting a tire. And then all of a sudden, this dude pulls up in a truck. <laughs> And he's yeah. like, oh, this used to be my house, uh, but it got taken back by the bank. And there's, like, a sign for the bank right out front. Mm-hmm. And the dude starts to walk back to his truck where his wife and kids are. And Clyde shoots the sign, like, three times. Mm-hmm. And then the dude turns around and doesn't say anything. Clyde offers him the gun, and then he starts shooting the sign. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden, this other dude <laughs> walks out of nowhere. And, and he comes and, and the sign. dude's like, yeah, the dude. The dude's like, hey, like, I can't remember his name, uh, yeah, like I Smith either. or something. Hey, Smith, come on over here. And hands him the gun. He's like, cool. And he starts shooting the sign. Like, yeah. There's a lot of shooting in, I, in this movie for no reason whatsoever. I think that scene was solely to be like, hey, Clyde. We're here for you. Yeah, Clyde's <laughs> like a hero of, yeah, the, poor of the poor people, people. Um, mm-hmm. the struggling people. Um, when we already talked about it, that's who he was actually robbing, but... Yeah. Um, anyways. So, after that, they have, they go and, I can't remember if they, they rob somewhere and have a bunch of money or something. I don't know. They try to rob a ton of places. Um, yeah. I guess they robbed that bank where CW... Parallel parks a car. Yeah, see, no, he, he was waiting right outside the bank door. <clears throat> yeah, but sees someone leave the leave their parking spot. He goes, "Oh, oh, yeah, we'll that's back a nice into that spot. one halfway down the street." You know, without telling the guys inside. Yeah, they get where away I'm gonna be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they come out. They're like, "Oh, where's CW? Where's CW?" The alarm goes off, and then he mm-hmm. he's you know can't get out of the cars. They hop in, and when they're driving mm-hmm. away, I think a cop jumps on. And Clyde yeah. shoots him right in the face. Right in murders the face, through the window. And that was his first on-screen murder. Um, yeah. And I think at one point when they talk to... Yeah, they talk to Blanche. And mm-hmm. um, Buck's like, hey, don't mention that. Like, you had to do it, but don't t- oh, yeah. don't tell Blanche about it. Don't tell Blanche. I don't yeah. feel like he had to do it. I don't know. Like That, yeah... Well, it's too fast see, in real life. To tell. Like, yeah. yeah, in real life, Clyde really tried to avoid shooting people. Like, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, this dude jumped on their car and he 
I feel like he could have like shot the window out or something. Yeah, but whatever. It's in the moment. It's a movie. You know, yeah, it's exactly. whatever. Um, and that's kind of how a lot of this movie is. Like, he just sees a cop that's like mm-hmm. sus of them, <laughs> and then he's just like, "Well, I'm bringing out the Tommy gun." Yeah, and then just starts, you know. Um, he's a little too trigger happy in this movie. Yeah, uh, and then. They get in that that house, like I guess they're acting like they're on vacation or something. Um, yeah, it was a vacation. Yeah, up in Missouri. Yeah, and yeah. they get groceries delivered. Which, I wanted to bring that up. Okay. Is that was that a thing in the in the thirties? I, I don't know. <laughs> Can you get groceries delivered? Maybe you just go next door to this little boy you see, and you're just like, "Hey, kid, go get his yeah, groceries." They just, yeah, they just called the grocery store, and this dude delivered groceries to him yeah. and i also want to bring up that i wonder if they got any paid because they had a distinct dr pepper reference when he was ordering groceries <laughs> i wonder if i wonder if that was like a sponsor deal i or didn't something. notice that <laughs> yeah he was like in a six pack of dr pepper nice um, he was on the phone i did notice that this is the one where she like counts out the specific change mm-hmm. she never paid the guy because she was like how much were the groceries and he's like seven bucks or whatever it was six forty something. Yeah, and she counts it all out and gives it to him, and he just like stands there. And then she goes inside and is like, "Oh, get the door." Like, did no, she? No, she handed him the money. She took the first yeah, bag, no, and then she handed the money to him in his free hand. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Like, <laughs> that's why. That's why he called the cops. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. It was like, um, and then also, was that when? No, that I'm. I'm no, skipping. No, that's not. No, okay. I know exactly what yeah. part you're thinking of. No, they get away this time. Cool. Um, so yeah, he goes and tells the cops, and then they have the shootout. That's when Blanche is running around screaming. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to bring up that I'm pretty sure. Oh, who gets shot? This actually, that's actually a scene that happened. Buck. In real life, no, Buck. Did Buck get shot? I think it was. Well, I thought he got re- shot in, the in head. real life. Not, not that one. That's the next one. How many but, are there, man? I think WD, he's, he's one of the characters that they made into CW. WD, I think he got shot in, like, the legs or something mm. like that during that scene. But CW didn't didn't get shot. None of them got shot in that scene. Okay. So, Actually, yeah, that's true. But I just wanted to bring that up. <clears throat> didn't really, because no one died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But I think they shot more policemen. Um, mm-hmm. Which is another thing that the uh, last podcast really that they touched on that you don't actually think of when you watch this is that back then policemen were just people like policemen were used to just breaking up drunk fights at the local yeah. bar like you weren't expecting with a pea shooter yeah you weren't <laughs> expecting like you know this roving gang to come and like have a yeah. shootout when they were having shootouts. They were aiming over your head to try mm-hmm. to not shoot you. Um, yeah. And so that's another thing. Um, I think they, Bonnie and Clyde in total killed 13 people. Yeah, um, 13, I think. You know, like... So they didn't kill a whole lot. Yeah. Especially with the amount of times they got close to getting caught. Yeah, which They didn't was kill a lot. too many. Yeah, and even so before they, they this, actively tried to avoid it. Even before this movie, like, yeah, we touched on some of the stuff, but like, 
there were other times when they did stuff and almost and like you know were on the run and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it didn't go very well for them. Um, yeah, they weren't good bank bank robbers at all. Absolutely, I, in fact, they weren't all, good like all the other like. Yeah, all the other gang members of the time, they hated Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Just because, like, they felt they were too... What they, they felt they were too careless about, like, innocent people's lives. Mm-hmm. And they were just too sloppy in general. Yeah. Like, oh, who... Like, Pretty Boy Floyd mm-hmm. and all the other gangsters of the time, like, they just didn't like him whatsoever. In fact, actually, they didn't do it in the movie, but now... This is just off the top of my head. I think, like, it's like, Pretty Boy Floyd's wife, mm-hmm. like saw like bonnie and clyde they were like hurt or something and she like accepted them in to let them stay the night or something then they left in the morning and she told her husband her husband's like don't ever fucking do that (laughs) (laughs) i hate them don't do that (laughs) they're not welcome yeah um so i guess the next character to bring in is um texas ranger hammer or frank hamer yeah hamer um Mm -hmm. they He's been tracking them, I guess. They stopped to go to the bathroom um, by this lake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Hamer was following them. And he's he's sneaking around. He's trying to collect that bounty. Yep. And they catch him. Uh, they handcuff him and then, like, make him take pictures with them and stuff like that. Try and ruin his, ruin his reputation. Yeah, and then he spits in Bonnie's face. And they throw, <laughs> Clyde throws a fit. Puts him on him a lake. lake, or puts him in a boat on a lake and pushes yeah. him out there. Which honestly, it wouldn't be that hard to do. You just hang your legs over the the end, and then you paddle. Okay, that see, I was actually thinking like, how in the world did he get out of that situation? Because he was really? handcuffed behind his back, yeah, in a boat, in a rowboat, in the middle of a lake. I'm like, I'd be too worried to like try and paddle to shore because if I fall in that lake, I'm drowning. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I think it's <laughs> I, I don't know. You lay on your back and then you put like the the back of your knees like that bend at the yeah. the back of the boat. Okay, and then I, you, I can see that. You paddle I can see that. until you hit an edge and then yeah. you could just roll over cuz you know it probably shall see that. Um Yeah, at first but. I was just like when when they <laughs> were fighting in the water I was just like this dude's going to drown. Like they're just going to yeah. like you can't swim <laughs> with your hands handcuffed. I guess you but, maybe for a while if you got strong legs. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't be able to stay upright. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Used, yeah. Um, but but anyways, yeah they they have that ongoing or they have that with him and um he'll later. I don't, I don't think that ever happened either. I don't think Frank Hamer actually sure. met them until, well, when they got, yeah. quote-unquote, caught Yeah, <laughs> in the end. Um, like, yeah, he just never was able to catch up to him. And Hamer is also what the movie The Highwayman is um, I think so, around. yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't I seen it. I didn't get to watch it, but, yeah. I was going to watch it, but then I ran out of time. <laughs> I looked it up, and, or maybe it was the last podcast, guys. They called it a... A circle jerk for lawmen. <laughs> uh, they said it's not good, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah okay." I just well, watch I avoided it. it then. Yeah, I avoided a uh, <laughs> mistake. I think it was made by Netflix, right? Yeah, it's a Netflix yeah. film. Um, that's 
sometimes good. I, I normally don't like like the Netflix I originals. I usually like Netflix originals. Oh my they, gosh! They, like I can like there are some there are some bad ones, but Vote. most of the time I think they're bangers. Let me tell you. What. We got to get this guy off the podcast. I'm telling you. <laughs> Man, I'm kidding. I. I just quit watching them because they're like super popular on Twitter for like two weeks, and everyone's like, "Yeah, oh, did you see that one movie where they're all blindfolded or something?" Oh, Bird Box. <laughs> yeah, and then that, I watched it. It was all right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Everyone just talks about those movies for a couple of weeks, like they're the best yeah. thing ever, and then forget about them. I, I can see where you're coming from. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um. I guess we should just move on to more of their demise because there's still a lot I yeah. want to talk about with this yeah. movie and you know we're we've been here an hour already so yeah let's get through it um do you have anything you want to touch on that you were like hey I'm saving this for later uh I think okay okay first off I want to mention the whole Gene Wilder scene yeah so essentially I don't know if we really like explain what the scene was no. but uh they stole gene wilder's car mm-hmm. uh and he saw them so then him and his girlfriend i guess got in her car started running them down mm-hmm. and uh i want to mention that gene wilder he was not a good actor in this film yeah he looked he was you, yeah I don't and know. Every, like you could see him like looking off camera after every line so he could like i think he had cue cards <laughs> <laughs> but he was not good in this film. But I will say that I the only time I laughed in this movie was one of his lines was they were chasing they were chasing down the Barrow Gang and he's like go I think that her his girlfriend's name was Velma. He's mm-hmm. like go come on we're almost we almost got him let's go and Velma goes what if they have guns <laughs> and he goes we better get the police turn around. <laughs> <laughs> and they start to turn around, but but then they start chasing him. I don't yeah. know why the Barrow Gang just turns around and they chase him down, and then it's like, all right, get in the car. I was like, I don't, I don't see why they did that. Uh, yeah, I don't either. Because um, in, in real life, uh, that scene I think happened because the Barrow Gang got stuck in the mud, and then they like you know pulled over to help, and then they're like, oh, you're Bunny and Clyde. It's like, all right, now we got to take you hostage. Yeah, but they they ended up like uh, they ended up. Like Gene Wilder and Velma, those characters in real life, they ended up like liking Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, which um, yeah. that's something that I've heard is that Bonnie, especially, was, was so nice, super likable. Um, yeah, that's also like how she helped him escape. Like she smuggled that gun. She was friends with all of the guards. Yeah, they didn't even check her. Yeah, um, like, and so I think that's a cool addition that they put on into the movie. Mm-hmm. Like. They're not just unbearable douchebags. Like, yeah. you know, they were nice to those people. They bought them sandwiches or something. Uh, burgers. Yeah. Or, yeah, it was burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. And also, if you guys don't know Gene Wilder by the name, he was Willy Wonka. Yeah, Willy Wonka. Um, no, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one other thing I wanted to mention, what was up with Buck's milk joke? I did not find that funny. Was that the types of jokes that were funny back in the 60s? I don't remember it. You don't remember the milk joke? <laughs> no. He told it to Clyde, and then he told it to Gene Wilder while they were in the car. It was like, you okay, he was, it was like something about this dude, uh, 
this dude's doctor said, hey, your mom needs to drink, like, alcohol or something in order to get better. And the mom's like, well, I don't drink. So he started, like, slipping a little bit more bourbon into her milk every day mm-hmm. until she, like, drank an entire glass in one sitting. And she goes, whatever you do, dude, don't sell that cow. Like, <laughs> I it wasn't funny. <laughs> it wasn't funny, but he told it, like, three times in this movie. I'm like, bro, I don't <laughs> – it's not a funny joke. Stop saying it. I laughed when you said it. <laughs> Well, I, I, there's just a, something with my voice, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I do remember him saying that, and I was just like, what the fuck yeah. does that mean? <laughs> it's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> okay. If that's yeah. what passed for comedy in the 60s, I wouldn't have wanted to live. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not the best joke I've ever heard. But, <laughs> hey, it's better than some of yours. Ouch! That I have to hear, <laughs> like the ham bush. The hammer. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey. That, that one's good. That is right. a good one. We have time later. I'm definitely telling Well, you, I but... just ruined it, didn't I? Isn't that the punchline? Oh, damn, you did. Yeah. All right. Yeah, whatever. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, everybody <laughs> huh? just look up Hambush Joke or something. Yeah, I, there you It go. won't be as it's, funny it's a, now. It's a good joke. I'll probably edit joke. this out. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so they have that, like, reunion with Bonnie's family. Mm-hmm. Um, they shot that like through a like a screen door to give it like a kind of like home, really? yeah like a kind of home video feel instead of like huh. you know a movie camera which I think is pretty cool. Um, okay, I didn't care too much for the scene other than I guess that's kind of the turning point because Bonnie's like, hey, don't worry, mom, we're going to get a lot of money and then I'm going to build a house near you. We won't be more mm-hmm. than three miles from me. And she's like, if you live within three miles from me, you're getting caught. Yeah. <laughs> There's no end for this. Exactly. Um, and so that's when Bonnie starts having second thoughts. I think she like tries to run away after that at some point or no, that was before that. No, she, um, she was wanting to visit her mom. That's why she was running. Yeah. Away. Um, but after that, like that's when it, they kind of realize that plus the undertaker thing it's mm-hmm. like you know you're not going to get out of this um yeah and then they have a a shootout um i yeah. i guess at a little hotel uh it's like a it, each person has like their own little like one room yeah. building but they're all like right next to each other it's like a motel yeah like, i don't know um, something like that yeah and Buck gets critically injured. Right in the head. Yeah, I guess. With a bullet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're still, like, dragging him along. I, uh-huh. um, and then they go out, and they're out in the middle of a field. Oh, also, yeah, they get a, that old-timey yeah. SWAT car. Oh, the, the, the tank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that now, thing that, was so cool. It was cool, but it blew up really. Yeah, it didn't do any, it didn't serve any purpose <laughs> other than to blow up. And whenever I saw yeah. it, I was like, this thing's either going to destroy shit or all that protective plating <laughs> is actually there to hide all the explosives that yeah. we're about to see blow up. And I, yeah, I think that actually was a thing too. In that little raid or whatever, yeah. I think they actually had one. Really? And like the driver, like, I think it was like Clyde, like shot, somehow he shot through the metal <laughs> on the door and like the guy's legs got hit oh and he like ran God. into a building or something. The car didn't blow up like yeah. it did in the movie, but um, yeah. Yeah. That whole scene was pandemonium. There's cars flipping yeah. and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, all of them, but they get shot. away. Yeah. They get away. <laughs> they... They're out in this field, like, you know, trying to 
recuperate because you know they yeah. just had a let Buck heal from you know a shot to the head. Yeah, um, <laughs> somehow he's still alive. And then pretty much instantly they are surrounded. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember. Do they just? I think someone just yells like, "Hey, surrender!" or something. Yeah, some dude comes out of the woods. It's like, "Hey, surrender! We got you surrounded." Yeah, and they're like, "Okay, we get back in the car." And then, well, the the car like flips when they're trying to escape. Yeah, and, and then they have another car there, um, but they. This is one of the pointless gunshot scenes. It didn't have to be this excessive, but they were like, <laughs> "Hey, make sure that they can't get in that other car." So then you know they yeah. start. They shoot the tires out. And then they start shooting then, it more. And, and then they, then they keep, keep going. going. And then it explodes. <laughs> I feel like the tires would have been enough. I feel yeah. like two tires would have been enough. Yeah, but, but they, can't, they ain't getting in that car. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, they're all running. Um, Blanche gets blinded. Well, see, this is probably the most historically accurate scene in the movie. Okay. And that's why I like this scene. It's mm-hmm. because Buck gets shot in the head. And at the first battle, and then they drive off, you know, to recuperate or whatever. And then while they're driving away, the back windshield, I think, gets shattered by a bullet, mm. and the glass gets all in Blanche's eye. And that that's why she was basically blind at that point. So they get to the field, and they're like, you know, they get out of the car. They're, like, addressing Buck's head wound. Yeah. Bonnie's, like, picking glass out of Blanche's eye or whatever. Mm. And the... This is stuff I uh, listened to on last podcast where this is just amazing. But uh, they stopped at like a gas station or something on the way to that open field that they just decided, hey, this is good cover. Yeah. You know, they just parked in the middle of an open field. Uh, they bought like hydrogen peroxide. And like you could see Buck's brain mm-hmm. just like because it like exploded the front half of his forehead. But he was still alive. And they just poured hydrogen peroxide in his brain in his open hole in his head and it actually helped him survive a little bit oh my god and i do you not remember this no last podcast this is like my favorite part this is like why i like that that series so much is because uh buck didn't really die like they brought him to the field Mm -hmm. they like poured hydrogen peroxide in his head and he then asked you know what could I have some chicken? So they like, one of them like drove into the city, bought a bucket of fried chicken, came back, he ate an entire bucket of fried chicken. Nice. And then he still didn't die. They got surrounded mm-hmm. and just like, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but uh, Blanche and Buck get captured. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bonnie, Clyde, and in this movie, CW. Yeah. They get away on foot, basically. Uh, but they get captured. And then Buck survives the head wound. He gets to the hospital. He survives the head wound. And I don't think he died until like nine days later. Jeez. And it wasn't even from his wounds. It was from pneumonia. <laughs> from like sitting on the surgery table. Oh my God. Like, he didn't he, he didn't even die from his head wound. Like, And it was, God, they poured hydrogen peroxide on his brain and he didn't die from it. But whatever. That's crazy. It, it kept from infection sitting in. Um, yeah, that's wild. And so, mm-hmm. essentially, what happens in the movie is Bonnie and Clyde go with C.W. Moss to his mm-hmm. father's house. Yeah. Um, and then Blanche is 
in the hospital or something, and Hamer, Frank Hamer, goes Frank to Hamer. see her. And is he? Who's he acting like he is? Or like, does she think he's her dad or something? Like, or just some guy? I actually didn't really get that scene. Yeah, I think he, she just thought it was some guy. Okay. Um. But she like. He's like, oh yeah, you know, I was, mm-hmm. I heard about, um, you guys with that one Texas Ranger. What was his name or something? She's like, oh, that was Hamer. She's like, yeah, we really pulled a fast one on him. And then he's yeah. like, yeah, it was, it was you, Buck, Bonnie, Clyde. What was that other guy's name? And she's like, oh, that was C.W. Moss. Because up yeah. to that point, he had just been mentioned in papers as like an unidentified man. Yeah, no one knew who he yeah. was. Um, I I should mention though that. She she didn't know it was Frank Kamer because you know yeah. she was blind and she had gauze like all around her face yeah. so she didn't know who she was talking to exactly um, yeah and he literally like she's still like she's very emotional and like telling her story mm-hmm. or something he just walks out like he's he like I got my information she, she doesn't okay. even hear him leave yeah <laughs> um, and this is where you know they go see his father and. Mm-hmm. His father, to Bonnie and Clyde, he's like, hey, guys, it's a pleasure to meet you. Anything you want, it's on me. And then when it's him, just him and CW, he's like, son, you're fucking stupid. Like, what's this tattoo you have? Because, like, Bonnie gave him a tattoo or made him get a tattoo. Something. It was stupid. Yeah. Right there on his chest. Dumb. It's like a pink tattoo. (laughs) And that's one of the things that, um, like, they've said about this movie that's made it so iconic is like they didn't get caught because they're they're bad criminals that's not why they got caught they got caught because they were betrayed they got caught because of a dumb tattoo like oh they were just stupid and like no other movie you know in other movies at that time yeah they would get caught because they're a bad criminal or something in this they get caught because of a bad tattoo. The dad doesn't yeah. like the tattoo that they gave his son. Yeah. And so he rats on him and tells uh, when <laughs> Hamer, Hamer when Hamer um, tracks him down, he's like, yeah, um, I'll have them ready for you. You know, like, mm-hmm. just be ready. They, like, had this whole plan or something. Um, yeah. So that's something that's pretty cool. Uh, and then... What happens is they go to town, and CW is, like, in a store, and they're sitting out in the parking lot. Just Bonnie and Clyde, they're just chilling, and a sheriff comes and parks next to them, and Clyde's like, mm-hmm. hey, Bonnie, we gotta get out of here, or something. We'll circle We'll circle back yeah, to CW. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, we'll circle back in, like, 20 minutes. And so they're going down yeah. the road, and then they see CW's dad. Um, he has, like, a flat tire on his big wagon. Um, yeah and so he like flags them down they get out to help and they're like hey what's going on and then like these birds fly from out of a bush and cw just jumps under his vehicle finding Mm -hmm. like what the fuck's going on right now and then rat-a-tat-tat they just all the bullets from the bushes yeah um (laughs) there were a bunch of policemen as hammer and all the police ambushed them in the bushes and just lit them up and mm-hmm. that is where they died. Yes. Um, that's how... I assume that's similar to how the real Bonnie and Clyde died. Oh, it like, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
besides the whole, well, I'll get into it, like the whole CW dad and yeah. CW thing not being a real guy. Uh, I don't think Clyde, Clyde gets out of his car mm-hmm. to go check and see what's going on. I don't think that happened mm-hmm. in real life. I think he was slowing down to help. Uh, but one of the cops, I mean, like, you've been hearing about Bonnie and Clyde killing all these cops, you know? Mm-hmm. He got, he, like, because Frank Hamer, who was very dumbed down in this movie, he was actually a really good cop. Yeah. Like, I mean, they'd been going for, like, two years. No one was even close to catching him. And then Frank Hamer took, like, three months, and he had him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a really good cop. Uh, but he was going to, like, try and get Bonnie and Clyde to surrender. He didn't want to kill him, you know? But then one of the cops, you know, he, he kind of jumped the gun because he didn't want to get shot. You know, he was a little jumpy. And so he started shooting at the car. And then everyone started shooting at the mm-hmm. car. And so they weren't even stopped yet. The car just sl- slowed Jeez. down and was getting shot. And I think it hit a tree or something, mm-hmm. like, kind of gently, and it stopped. But they were, like, I, because I think they shot Clyde first, and he immediately died. And then Bonnie, like, screamed really, really freaking loud. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, one of those blood-curdling screams that a lot of the cops said they, like, heard in their dreams for, Jeez. like, years afterwards. It was it was intense. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was similar, but not, like, 100%. If it's even, like, a quarter as violent as it was in the movie, like, that's something yeah, that'll stay with you forever. Because there were just holes in the car, holes in the bodies, yeah. like... They, they, they said that, like... They couldn't even really identify them because they were just shredded. Jeez. They were like shredded meat. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's real grisly. But yeah, that's essentially what happened. Because all of them had like the the guns. Like they're called the bar. Mm-hmm. Like they're like automatic, not just like pitiful Tommy guns. These were like high, heavy assault rifles, and all of them had them. Yeah, there was like thirteen of them, like shooting all at once at that car, mm-hmm. and they it lasted like twenty five seconds. Yeah, um, and so. The violence in this is another thing that makes this iconic. Um, yeah. That was not around back then. In the 60s, um, yeah. It was a lot. That's why it took so much to get this like movie created, because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to make this. They were like, yeah, nobody's going to watch that. Like Nobody wants to watch a bunch of people die. Um, yeah. That also, so they showed it in they showed it to like the head of production or whatever um and it wasn't jack warner anymore because he retired and the guy was like what is this like you you can't (laughs) show this like we can't do anything with this and so he said we're just gonna throw it out you know it'll be out there for a couple weeks that's it um yeah they had a premiere in Denton, Texas, and it was a big hit. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think they said they got like a standing ovation and everything. Dang. And Beatty was calling uh, Warner Brothers and was like, "Guys, like, this is a hit. Huh. You have to, you know, like show it in New York and stuff." Um, and they were like, "We're not going to change our distribution plans." for this yeah. movie they uh released it in september which back then was just the dumping ground they're like we're not gonna do that yeah um and so it showed for a couple weeks and then i think it said december 8th my birthday okay um, i got you they showed it at 
is like a, a film festival in France or something, and everyone loved it. And then huh. um, Time Magazine put them on the cover with the headline um, is The New Hollywood Violence Sex Art. And it was just like a picture of them in the vehicle. Um, and then that's when huh. everyone was like, oh, crap. We gotta go see this. And then Warner Brothers yeah. was like, they had the demand for it because it was on the cover of Time Magazine. And so yeah. they're like, okay, you know, we'll start releasing it more. Um, yeah. And it just went off the rails. Everyone loved it. And part of that is because of what was going on in the world at this time. Um, mm-hmm. It was 1967 when the movie came out. That's like peak Vietnam War. Yep. And everyone was anti-war and this movie is pretty much anti-establishment. Like that's what Bonnie mm, and Clyde were. Government. Yeah. Yeah. Um and another thing was since this movie was so different, it was also looked on as anti-old Hollywood and pro-new Hollywood. Okay. Less yeah. of um you know the the movie studios having all the say. This is Warren mm-hmm. Beatty having all the control yeah. and making an incredible movie. And yeah. after this, um, it brought on people like uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, okay. Uh, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Scorsese. Like, all <laughs> these people that were just like, I'm going to write this, I'm going to direct this. Like, this yeah. is my vision. Uh, they all... So many of them, other than Spielberg, was were like, I'm going to make, like, screw the studios. I'm going to raise money myself. I'm going yeah. to produce everything myself. And all the money will go to us and the people that work on the movie. And so that's why this movie was so iconic was not only was it, like, anti-Vietnam War, but it yeah. was also, like, anti-old Hollywood we're not listening to you guys anymore. This is how things are Power done for now. Power to the people. Yeah. <laughs> and it was also during, like, the sexual revolution. Like, Woodstock was, like, two years yeah. after this. Um, yeah. Is also during the space race, the Cold War. So, a lot of high tensions at that yeah. time. So, I'm sure, like, it would have been pretty cool to see something like this where, like, you've never seen anything like it before. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets all all those emotions out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that's all I have to say <laughs> on like why this movie is important. Yeah. Um, yeah, it really paved the way for all those directors I point. said. Yeah, for Hollywood. Um, <laughs> you know, like without this, who knows if we would have even had Star Wars? Like this yeah, really paved actually. the way. Um, yeah. So yeah, I. I think it's cool. Uh, check out that book I mentioned, Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, How the Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll Generation Saved Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I do think I have so many books to read, but <laughs> his other one... I knew you had to read books for a movie podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, his other book, he has two, actually, at, at the okay. time this came out. One is The Godfather Companion. It's all about The Godfather movies. Hmm. Um, and then the other is seen is believing or how Hollywood taught us to stop worrying and love the fifties. Hmm. Um, which is a reference to a Stanley Kubrick movie, Dr. Strangelove. 
Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Kubrick's one of my favorite directors, so I was like, <laughs> I think I need to buy that book and yep. read it. So, um, yeah. With all that being said, do you have anything else that you want to bring up? We've been going for a while, but uh, who cares? I think we get, got through. Ev- well, there were two things. The uh, more historical inaccuracies. Yes. I gotta. I gotta mention. Uh, I'll, I'll do it kind of quick though. The C.W. Moss thing. He was the combination I read online of uh, uh, W.D. Moss. Okay. It was D.W. I think it was W.D. Moss or W.D. Jones. Okay. That was his name. W.D. Jones. Uh, he came on. He was like a friend of Clyde Barrow's brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. He came on and he was just kind of like the third companion like C.W. Moss was in this movie, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, that's how they met. And then uh, he was kind of blended together with Henry Methvin. Do you remember him? No. Okay, he was the dude. Well, the whole thing... Clive Barrow was wanting to do a whole like Eastham prison break, you know, because mm-hmm. he because uh, he had such a terrible time there. He didn't want anyone to be subject to that, and so he kind of did it because he there was enough. There were so many gang members in the Barrow gang that they didn't even mention in yeah. this movie that throughout different times. But there was another gang member that was at Eastham, so he's like, might as well just do a little prison break there. And he got him out plus a couple extra people. Henry Methvin was one of them, and Henry Methvin was actually the dude that was the one that turned on Bonnie and Clyde in the end, where it was him and his dad, basically. Mm. It it didn't go down exactly like it did in the movie, but it was Henry Methvin that realized, oh, uh, this isn't going anywhere. I'll take like a a three... I think he actually only... I think he served less than like 10 years for Jeez. like murder, <laughs> for turning Bonnie and Clyde in, yeah. basically. But that's that's the two characters that they combined... And then also, I want to mention that they didn't at all go into Bonnie's injury. Do you remember that? No. Okay. Well, they were like, Clyde was like driving real fucking fast one night, and then they crashed. And then Bonnie, uh, like battery acid, got onto her leg and like burnt all the way down to the bone, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, like, she could barely like run or like walk for like the rest of, like, she got hurt, and for, like, the next, like, six or seven months before they died, mm-hmm. like, she was healing up in a back of, in the back of a car, basically. God. And, like, all her tendons and shit, like, <laughs> it's real gross, yeah. but, like, all her tendons, like, formed back, like, in a crouched position. So she couldn't even, like, run, because she couldn't straight at, straighten out her leg. Like, Clyde was, like, carrying her everywhere in, like, the last months of her life. <laughs> like it, it's Ugh. real gross. They didn't go into it. Yeah. And they didn't. They didn't even. Yeah, they didn't even do it in the movie. But I, I thought I need, I needed to uh, bring that. Yeah, up. thank you. <laughs> it, yeah. it also like it just points to how miserable like their life of yeah. crime oh. really was. It was terrible because like because the movie made Bonnie to seem like she started to regret it to regret it towards the mm-hmm. end and like she she didn't uh, necessarily she thought she was gonna be like you know fine dining and stuff like that yeah but uh they they weren't and but in reality bonnie knew they weren't gonna be fine dining yeah and shit like that she was along for like the terrible rough ride exactly and they actually yeah the another gang member brought his girlfriend on and she was complaining like 
basically Bonnie in the movie. It's like, we should be fine dining every night. We should be wearing nice clothes and shit like that. And they actually parted ways because she was so fucking annoying. Really? They <laughs> should have yeah, fucking like... done that to Blanche in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, Bonnie Bonnie was one of the guys. She knew that it was, it was supposed to be rough, and she knew it wasn't going to last forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, awesome. they really did her character poorly in this movie. Yeah. They did a lot of characters poor in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but... um, so... With that being said, Austin, how would you yeah. rate this movie? Oh my god. What what's your what's your scale? It's a again? <laughs> one to a three. One to a three. Yeah. Like I, I what did I rate Avatar? One. <laughs> did I, I I see I liked it better than Avatar. Yeah. But like I just don't like old style movies. Okay. And like the history part of me wants to say like it a two mm-hmm. but like i can't can i give it like a 1.5 nope. like just to that's not how this I, works all right well i'm gonna give it a one wow. just because like i don't i don't like any movies before like 1980 man <laughs> like, i, I don't like any was, movies i was hoping you'd like it. i like it better than avatar i like it better than avatar but yeah even though it's they're both ones but he just texted me and said he likes no, hey. avatar better that is, is that is lies and slander. <laughs> my phone's not even on my desk wow. anymore. He <laughs> <laughs> just throws it behind you. I, I threw it on my bed. Don't worry about it. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to give it a two. I do like okay. older movies. Um, yeah. I don't know why, but this, I don't know. I didn't like this one as much as other yeah. older movies I've seen, but... Like I think I get it's fascinating learning the history about it and um, mm-hmm. seeing why it's so important. Yeah. Um, next, I'm going to give a recommendation. <laughs> the the thing you said before that you didn't come in here thinking about a recommendation. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's why, if you noticed, like the last part when you were talking, I was looking down at my phone. Like I just googled yeah. movies <laughs> like Bonnie and Clyde. Um, but. I do have one. I'm going to go with Taxi Driver by Martin Scorsese. Um, it's much okay, I've heard of that. newer. I'm going to look. Is 1976. That, is that the one where he's like staring in the mirror? It's like, you talking to me? That, that, I, that. I think so. Is I've it? only okay. seen it once. I, it's been a while. I'm, I'm a movie savant. There you go. I, <laughs> You talking to me? Yeah, it is. You talking to me? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sweet. Yeah, it also has a burst of violence at the end that's, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, surprising. Uh, okay. From, at least, have you seen the new Joker movie? I really want to. It's okay. on my, I just, I don't watch movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm so much more of a fan of TV shows than I am. And movies. I'm the opposite. But it's on my list. Yeah. yeah. So, um, to me, Joker and Taxi Driver are very similar. They did want okay. Scorsese to direct Joker, but I think he ended up, yeah. I don't know, just like producing or something um, okay. for a while. I don't even think he ended up producing. But um, So, if you watch Joker and like it, then check out Taxi Driver. This is kind of two okay. recommendations in one. But okay. I've been wanting to get someone that like either likes Joker um, to watch Taxi Driver and review it with yeah. me or someone that has seen Taxi Driver and hasn't seen Joker to watch Joker 
and do that. So mostly, I just want to rewatch Taxi I, Driver. Hey, I I haven't I haven't seen either. So there you go. <laughs> just let me know when 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 you need there me. There you to, go. Okay? Um. <laughs> so next week after this, you you can promote whatever. Um. I I don't have a lot, but go ahead. Okay, next week. I'll be joined by our lovely friend Mason Head. Mason Head. Yeah, and we will <laughs> holding the record for the most episodes. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah. He was on for Get Out. He was on for The Shining, back to back episodes, <laughs> and now he will be on for Ready Player One. He gets to do that movie. Yes. Oh my god, I'm so mad. Do you like that movie? <laughs> I love that. That's my top ten movie right there. I love that movie so much. I'm so jealous. Okay. Um, it was a good. It was a good pick, Mason. Good pick. There you go. So I'm excited to talk to Mason about that next week. Yeah, I will listen to. Um, it. I think it's on HBO Max. Don't quote me. I could probably look it up. I don't um, even know. <laughs> but for our listeners, if you want to watch along or whatever. Check it out. Yeah. I'm just going to go buy the 4K disc because I have problems. <laughs> and I want it to be my goal to own a disc of every movie I review on the podcast. Yeah. Because I think it'd be cool. Um, nice little collection. Yeah. So, Austin Ramsey, thanks for joining. Yes. And thank you. promote anything in the entire world <laughs> that you want. I, I don't have anything. God I have a Twitter damn. account. I I, I think I mentioned that last time. I post some jokes every four months when I'm feeling in a funny mood. Yeah, and they're all right. They are (laughs) almost funny. (laughs) They almost get a chuckle. They're almost always funny. (laughs) But I think it's Austin underscore Ramsey four or something. Just look look up Austin Ramsey, and you'll see me when I was skinny, standing in front of a a cool car. You know, that type of (laughs) typical douchebag picture. (laughs) Or uh, check out. At Cinefits Pod, and you will be added in the most recent post when this comes out. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Easy way. There you go. Um, so, yeah, thanks again for joining. I'm going to give my my socials, but Austin is a lot of fun, and hey, I can't wait to have you, you back on me. again. Hey, have me, have me back sooner, man. I have will. Me back sooner. No more, no more <laughs> 18 episode gaps or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and hopefully we can do a movie that you like that man, isn't yes. Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost or. I still think that Ella hey, Enchanted. Hey, I need Ella Enchanted. Hey, <laughs> this guy, Ella Enchanted is such a good movie, but this guy also declined Parent Trap, if you can believe that. I did. But I'll hey, do the original that, one. <laughs> I that's still that's like nineteen like seventy one or something. What I say about nineteen eighty movies? There you bro. go. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah. Thanks for joining. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Hey, man. I, I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Um. So yeah, like I said, at Cinefits Pod on Twitter, or you can email me friendswithcinefits at gmail dot com. Let me know if there's any movies that you want us to talk about, or let me know if you liked. Um. I guess the the structure that we did on this episode because I, I like switching it up every once in a while and I'm wondering if it's going to work. Um, it did, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Um, and then, again, notabombpodcast.com on your internet browser. Um, that's a weird way to say that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, you can... Check us out there and Not a Bomb Podcast, which 
Uh, I had Brad Anderson from that podcast on last episode, and it was a ton of fun. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. And Austin, thanks for hopping back on. Hey, thank you for having me. Good night, everyone. <laughs>